Focusing on meditation and intuition, the Extraordinary Talk Show will help you find your own personal extraordinary. Join Della Hill for the Extraordinary Talk Show, Wednesdays at 4.30 on Radio St. George 100.3 FM. Email us at radiostgeorge at gmail.com. KDXI St. George, Radio St. George at 100.3 FM. And we welcome you to The Extraordinary Talk Show, a show to help you understand yourself and the world from a new perspective. And in the process, help you find your own personal extraordinary. And now your host for The Extraordinary Talk Show, Della Hill. Hello, everybody, and happy Wednesday. It is your host, Della Hill, and I am thrilled to be here with you today. I've got a good show for you that I want to jump right into, but let me give my first disclaimers like I always do. First of all, I'm not here to tell you what to think, but I am trying to get you to think for yourself. And as such, I please ask that you do not believe anything that I say just because I believe it. Please do not do anything that I have done just because I have done it. I am here today to share with you some things that I've figured out some stuff that I found works for me. But just because it works for me does not mean it necessarily works or is the best option for you. I invite you to hear what I have to say. It l- allow that to inspire some personal thought within you. And then I encourage you to make some positive decisions on how you want to improve your own life. But also listen to more people than me, please. Today we're talking about altruism versus self-sacrifice. This continues to be a moralistic conversation that people have because there's really not a firm black and white line of when does altruism become self-sacrifice. And by that, what I mean is when you're acting purely out of the love of, for others and their well-being and concern and you stop acting f- with concern for yourself versus when you're doing it for reasons that still benefit you versus reasons that don't benefit you. Now, let me start with a month or so ago, I talked about the narrative proof, which is four points to wait to know that you are not sucked into a narrative and it can be used with any given narrative. And one of those specific points is that to say, I am not pushing my fear on someone else. It is important to recognize, one, if you are pushing your fear on somebody else and or if someone else is pushing their fear onto you. Here's a thing that I've realized in my life, in fact, two points that have become very, very clear to me when it comes to living my life and finding my own happiness. You know, we have this balance of how much, how many of my decisions do I make because it's what I want and how many of my decisions do I make and how much do I give in my life for the other people in my life. And when I'm making those decisions, here are two things that I have come to find are absolutely true and very powerful for me. First, I refuse to live my life according to someone else's fear. Just like the narrative proof states that I'm not pushing my fear on anyone else. 
And also, I'm not allowing anyone else to push their fear onto me. And as I've done that, boy, my life has gotten happier. Because when I'm not letting anyone else push their fear onto me, I have a lot less fear. It's awesome. Second point. I, I personally, I, Della, am no longer willing to sacrifice my own happiness for someone else's comfort. And that doesn't mean I'm not willing to sacrifice for someone else's comfort. But if that sacrifice begins to broach on my own personal happiness, that's where I draw the line. Let's go more into that. How do you know where that line is? How do you recognize it? Because a lot of times we don't. This is how we end up in abusive relationships. This is why empaths end up in relationships with narcissists and the narcissists take advantage of how much the empath wants to love and care for them around them, for those around them. And there is a law of give and take in the universe. You have to understand you're going to give some, you're going to get some. In fact, you're going to give a lot, you're going to get a lot. And that's a good thing. It's okay to sacrifice of yourself. One of my favorite Friends episodes is the one where Phoebe keeps trying to do a perfectly selfless act and is unable to because every time she does something, she gets an unintended reward for it. And I believe in that concept that when you do give of yourself, you do receive benefits in return. However, you can decide for yourself if those benefits are worth it to you. And one way to say that is if the juice is worth the squeeze. Another thing I've talked on the show about is my relationship theory, which is big hinge, little door, meaning that there big hinges or big little hinges, big doors, little hinges swing big doors. And in a relationship, there's always things that you can do that are really easy for you that give a big reward to the other person. And this can be a romantic relationship or any kind of relationship. It could be student and teacher or whatever. I do something small that makes a big reward for you. And that's a little hinge that swings a big door. And it's awesome when people do those things for us. And it's awesome when we can do those things for other people. But like any, but as the law of give and take in the universe states, there must be give and take. A teeter-totter cannot only go up, it must also go down. So as you are receiving, in some ways, you must also give. So if someone else is swinging little hinges that end up being big rewards, as in big doors, for you... That's great, but you need to be doing those things for them in return. And by doing that, you can find yourself in a relationship where both of you are giving less than you are receiving, and it's healthy and beneficial for everyone involved. It becomes a problem when one person is giving more than they're receiving back. And it's really hard sometimes when you're in the relationship to see that that is happening and to notice when it starts to happen and when it takes over. Also consider too that our relationships are not only with other people, but we're in relationships with our society and our culture. And oftentimes I think we're in negative narcissistic and abusive relationships with our society and culture. And we are giving and giving into things that aren't paying us back and aren't giving us a reward. And I think it's important that we step back and look at where we are putting out our incentives, where we're putting out our personal motivation, and if those things are worth it. Is the juice worth the squeeze? What I call efficient use of energy. Now, when it comes down to making decisions for yourself, 
And come on, who else can you make decisions for? Only people that you have stewardship over, really. When you're making decisions for yourself, Matthew McConaughey calls it being an egotistical utilitarian. And I did a show on this too. And the idea of that is the egotistical means that you're considering yourself. You're worried about you. And guys, if you don't worry about you, who's gonna? It's nobody else's number one job to speak up for you. It's everyone's number one job to speak up for themselves. And that means your number one job is to speak up for you. That's where the egotistical part comes. But it doesn't mean that you're only worrying about yourself. It doesn't mean you forget about everyone else. The utilitarian part means that you're also concerned for the world and those around you. So as an egotistical utilitarian, first, you put yourself as the first priority. And if everyone puts themselves as the first priority, then everyone will be baseline okay. You figure out what you want. You figure out what's best for you. And then from there, you step to the utilitarian part. You look around and you say, how can what I want and what's best for me also serve those around me? And then you can rearrange the Lego blocks of what it is that you started with that's actually best for you into something that is still and primarily best for you, but also serving to those around you. And if you look at it that way, I think you'll be surprised at how often and easy it is to be able to do that, to figure out what you want and how you can serve others at the same time. I believe that one thing our society and culture tells us that I disagree with is that we have to put others first. Guys, I'm down for some service. I'm down for helping people out. In fact, that's something that I am very often grateful for the opportunity to do. But part of the reason it works for me is because I'm grateful for the opportunity to do it. If you're dragging me along to serve, I'm not going to enjoy it as much and I'm not going to get those unintended benefits that tend to happen when we serve. And that is a really, really critical difference between giving a gift of yourself and time and making a payment of yourself and time. We're going to get to that in a second. When we are on an airplane, and if you've been on an airplane, you've seen the whole spiel, put your own oxygen mask on first. If there's a problem, the oxygen masks will drop from the ceiling. Please put on your own mask before you put on anyone else's. You don't know how quickly you think, oh, I, well, I won't pass out for like a minute and a half. I can hold my breath underwater. And no, it's different in the air. You can pass out within seconds. And if you don't have your oxygen mask, you're like on, you're likely to. If you put on your child's oxygen mask first, they're going to be fine and you're going to pass out and they cannot put your mask on for you. They do not have that ability. It is your responsibility to take care of you first. And after you take care of you, then you can care for others. Here's another story about that because I feel like the oxygen one gets overused. There was a man who lived in kind of a tribe and they were suffering without food. There was a famine in the area and they had people who were bringing them food, but there wasn't enough coming in. And then there was less and less. And he was able at times to go around <laughs> and find food. Um, but what he found himself doing was just 
giving all of his portion to those around him because he loved them so much. And then when it was time to go out and search for food, he didn't have quite as much energy to go look. And then he felt guilty so that when that night's ration came, he would give it away to those around him because he felt like he had done them wrong by not hunting as well as he should have that day. And very soon, this man wasted away and died. And in his post-life review, he was looking back at his life and they asked, what lesson did you learn here? And he said, I think I learned that I have to put myself first, first, so that I can put others first next. I have to put my own self first, first, so that I can put others first next. But if you don't take care of your first self first, you might stuck not being able to care for the others. So when it comes down to it, how do you decide? How, if, how, how do you know if I'm in a relationship where I'm doing these things? Okay, there's, I think, three ways that we can give of our energy. Uh, you can look at the five love languages. We've talked about those. And there's certainly things like acts of service, acts of time, acts of money, acts of gifts, acts of words, many, many things. There's many ways that you can give of your energy. And but I think when it comes to how it costs you, how this energy costs you, one thing you have to understand, and I think you can get this because there's people that you love to be around because after hanging out with them, you feel rested. And there's other people that you hang around and after you've hang out with them, you feel exhausted. Maybe you love these people, but they drain your energy. Be aware of that. Note the people in your life that fuel you and the people in your life that drain you. And it doesn't mean get rid of everybody that drains you because you have an attachment for, to a lot of those people for a lot of reasons. But maybe it, learns, it means learn how to not be drained by them so much. In the meantime, be aware of the energy gift that you are giving when you spend time with someone, when you make effort for someone. And that energy expense, I think, comes in three ways. One, you can give it as a gift. If you're giving it out of your heart, out of the goodness of your heart, like Phoebe was in, in that Friends episode, for no desire for return or reward, you can give of, of yourself as a gift. And that is a beautiful thing. And it's a beautiful thing when others give of themselves as a gift for us. And that doesn't mean a present or money necessarily, though it can be that because money is also energy. But it could be any of those other love languages, words, time, affection, touch, service, time together. All of those things are an energy gift. Another way to give of your energy is as a favor, as a trade. And this is what you do when you go to work. When you show up to work and clock in, you are making the agreement that I am going to be in this place and do these tasks for this amount of time. And in return, I'm going to get financial compensation in the form of a paycheck. That is a favor gift. It's you are still giving your time and energy. There's no question, but you're doing it with the understanding and clear expectation of what your return will be. 
we do these in our day-to-day friendships and relationships as well. Hey, uh, I'll pick up dinner on the way home if you'll stop and pick up milk on the way home, right? You work with those around you and you do your little hinges and big doors. You do the little things that are easy for you that are going to benefit the other person plus you and the other person together as a large door. And they do a similar thing for you. And then you have beneficial relationships because you're both getting out of it more than you put into it. So that's when a favor is also a teeter-totter slash little hinge big door. It's a giving of your energy with, with the expectation of receipt. Now, when this causes problems is when you have an expectation that goes unfulfilled. In fact, that's always going to be a problem. So it's important in all of your relationships, whether it's your, your job contract or your best friendship or whatever it is, that when you do a favor for another, that you communicate about if you expect a reward for it. If you don't expect a reward for it and you don't tell them you expect a reward for it, you can't expect a reward for it. And then you can't be mad when you don't get one. However, if you clearly state, I'm willing to do this for you, but for whatever reason, I'm extra tired tonight, would you be more willing? Would you also be willing to do that thing for me to make it possible for me to do that for you? And then you've just created a little hinge, big door scenario that swings both ways. And that is an awesome thing. And now you're both better off. Now you both got what you wanted in a way that gave you a bigger return on the energy than you invested. So there's gift and a favor. And then the other one is a payment. And that is simply when you pay your energy into or towards a person, place, or thing. When you put your energy into something. And especially when you do this, when you're not really doing it out of the goodness of your heart, And maybe you don't even want to really do it, but you're doing it anyway and it costs you. And you're not really expecting to get something back. And you might get something back, but you're not really expecting to. And in the long run, if you continue to do these things, if you continue to give your energy as a payment when you're not enjoying giving it, when you do not see this expense of your energy as a gift, and when you're not getting anything in return for it, this causes resentment this causes hurt and this causes pain and you hear couples all the time fighting about what about when I did this for you and the other one says well what about when I did this for you and back and forth and a lot of times it's not the other person's fault that might be a love language that they don't recognize as easily as others you could be doing something for them every day and they don't even notice and then you get mad and hurt because they don't notice We would like for other people to acknowledge all of the things about us and maybe we feel like they love us more if they know the things that that we want so they can respond to us. But we have to remember that it's our responsibility to communicate our expectations. If you are going to do a thing for someone else in expectation of a return energy, it can be a reward, it can be a hug, it can be whatever your expectation is. But if you don't tell them That is what you expect as an exchange for what you're giving to them. You can't really blame them if they don't meet that expectation. People can't do what they don't know they're supposed to do. 
They might stumble into it. It happens once in a while. But most of the time, we do require some guidance in figuring out the kind of rules and expectations in this life. And we can't be inside each other's heads. So if you have an expectation of someone that I'm going to provide this gift, favor, energy service for you, and as a return, I expect this, that communication, to be fair, should probably go up front. Again, I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, but these are some things that worked for me. Gift, favor, or payment. So in your relationship, if you find someone in your relationship, this could be your boss or your best friend or your child, that they are asking you for things and you feel like you can't say no and then it feel like you feel like it costs you energy to do this and you get little to no return on that energy investment. That is a payment. If you continue to do that, you will resent it. It will cause anger and it will grate your relationship. I know it. I've seen it. I've been it. I've done it. And one thing I learned about it is when you're in the middle of it, it's really, really hard to see that you're in the middle of it. Here's a big, big clue. If you're, letting, if you're making your decisions based on other, other people's fear, you're letting them push their fear onto you. And it's possible that there may be a narrative that you're buying into that you're not aware you're buying into. Also, if you are doing these things over and over consistently, if you are consistently giving of yourself, yourself not as a free gift, not as a, a fair favor with an, ex, an agreed-upon exchange, or not as a personal investment in something better. You might need to reevaluate why you're doing the things that you're doing and what true reward you're getting out of it and what might need to change in order for you to get better rewards. Now, here's a big mistake that we make. Anyone who has given of themselves over and over and over in ways that really didn't help and never solved the problem and were an energy cost at the time that we did it, we told ourselves it was a gift. We told ourselves that we were going to get a reward out of it. And then when that reward didn't come, we just blew it off. Like, oh, no big deal. It'll be fine. If you're ex making excuses for why the agreed upon favors aren't met, that's something you need to look at. That's something you need to, to consider in your own mind. And... If you have to convince yourself that everything you're doing is a gift, it's not a gift. If the idea of it inspires you to go do it, then it's a gift. If you have to talk yourself into doing it, that's not a gift anymore. That's costing you energy. And you need to consider why you're really doing that. And again, let me tell you these things that work for me. I refuse to live my life according to someone else's fear. I'm no longer willing to sacrifice my own happiness for someone else's comfort. But guys, it took me a long time to get there. I'm 44. And it's only been within the last few years that I've truly been able to grasp these concepts and live my life according to these things. I can tell you my life got better. Woohoo! There's another formula that I use for making decisions. Let me share this with you. I learned, I've, one thing I've learned in my personal self-study is that while I, we need people to, to inform us of 
information of the stuff around us of, of rules and basics ultimately until and unless we learn to figure things out for ourselves we only ever know what other people tell us and it's really important for us to learn to figure things out for ourselves so we can take the information that somebody else gave us like i'm giving you now and figure out for yourselves how best to use that in your own life so here's what i do when i'm making a decision i figure out what i want I evaluate if that's what God wants for me. And then I ask my intuition to confirm that. What I want, what God wants, what the Holy Ghost confirms, it's that easy. And a lot of times we make our decisions based on inspiration points. If we have three inspiration points to do this and only two inspiration points to do that, we're going to do this. So when I have my balance points are equal, that's how I make my decisions. You don't have to, but it's been working for me. This is Della. I love you guys. I'm so happy to be here with you, and I will be back next Wednesday. Again, I am not trying to tell you what to think, but I am trying to get you to think for yourself. You've been listening to The Extraordinary Talk Show with Della Hill. Search YouTube and Facebook, Spotify, or Podbean for video and podcasts of this show. Or go to RadioStGeorge.com. We'll see you next week for another edition of The Extraordinary Talk Show.